Come on. Welcome to Money Savage, a savage approach to personal finance. This is George Grumbacher, and the time is right. Welcome to today's guest, strong and powerful Kaya Latajobi. Kaya, are you ready to do this? Yes, I am. Excellent. Let's do this. Kaya is a CFP. She is the founder and financial advisor at Earn Into Wealth Strategies. She's been featured in the Huffington Post, Business Insider, Yahoo Finance, Newsday, and many, many more. I'm excited to have you on. Kaya, tell us a little bit about your personal life, some more about your work, and why you do what you do. Yes, thank you. I'm excited to be here. So, um, as you said, I am a certified financial planner. I personally, I'm a mom, a wife. I have a two and a half year old, and the you know also experienced the life of being a business owner and building a planning practice to cater to um, Gen X and Gen Y professionals who are still building wealth. Um, I'm based out in the New York City area and um, my family and I, we love to travel. We love to um, explore, you know, different museums and um, restaurants in the area. I love it. We have a my wife and I have a two and a half year old as well. So so I, I empathize and appreciate and celebrate everything that you're going through. <laughs> oh, that's awesome! I didn't even know that. That's the, do you have a boy or a girl? He's a tiny man. Oh, that's awesome! <laughs> so do I. I have nice. a little man as well. That's Excellent. awesome. They're fun for sure. And uh, it's it's it's. Not so. So my kid's name is James, and he he enjoys. I, I feel like I'm about to make this horrible dad joke, but James James likes Legos, and I he, so he's a bit of a builder. And I know that 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 your practice is focusing on on this this idea of builders, financial builders. So if you could talk to us a little, a little bit about that. Yes, absolutely. So um, typically there are. Um, three phases to wealth, the way that I view it and the way that a lot of thought leaders in the industry view it, right? So the first phase is the accumulation phase, right? This is the phase of um, typically someone, say, you know, under the age of 50, right? Most people are in that stage where you're accumulating the wealth, you're working, you're earning money, you're investing, and you're not in, you're not spending, you're not in spend down mode, and you're not in distribution mode, right? You're really just kind of building the wealth. And then the next phase after like the accumulation phase is the preservation phase, right? So, you know, typically I would say somebody 50 to, you know, say their 70s, they're in preservation in the sense of like, Actually, I'll take that back. Let's say someone in like their 50s to like, you know, pre-retirement, right? 50 to say 65, 67, you've accumulated the wealth, you're investing it, it's growing, and you just want to make sure that you don't lose any, right? Because you don't, you don't have as much time 
to retirement as you did, say, when you were in your 30s and your 40s, right? And then um, when you do get to retirement, say, you know, the typical 65, 67, that's when you're sort of in that spending phase. Distribution, you're doing more. You might be, you know, give, gifting to your grandchildren, to charities and things, but you're also kind of spending it, right? So the three phases are you know, accumulation, preservation, and then the distribution phase is kind of the last phase, right? Where you're spending some on yourself, but you're also maybe gifting and doing legacy type stuff. So for Arn Interwap and the work that I do, I'm focused on bringing in and starting the relationship with people who are in that accumulation phase. They're people in their 30s and their 40s, and, um, you know, they are doing really well in their careers. They're earning a good living, but a lot of them don't necessarily have the time, the expertise or the resources to do this on their own. And for a lot of them, it doesn't make sense for them to do that because they can focus on their careers and the things that are going to earn them, you know, uh, above market wages and they can outsource the piece of their planning. So that's kind of how what my practice is, is really beginning the relationship with people at that stage and then growing with them um, and, you know, being with them sort of throughout their life if they want to, um, which is different than uh, the way the industry traditionally has been because, um, you know, in the traditional wealth management industry, it's focused on um, people that already have some sort of nest egg, right? Some sort of money to, um, that, you know, they can bring on a, a, a new client. The person has, you know, maybe half a million dollars or more and the traditional business model works for that, right? They charge assets on their management, their assets to manage. And, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a good match. Um, for young advisors like myself, um, we're focusing on how do we bring our expertise to our generation, right? Or the generation that comes right before us, um, who maybe they don't have the assets yet. And the traditional assets under management uh, business model may not work for them, but they need the guidance and they will eventually get there. But how do you bring those people along? Um, so hopefully that answers your question as far as um, how we're serving uh, builders and people in that accumulation building phase. Yeah, I appreciate that very much. And it's always it's always an interesting thing. I think we all intellectually know and understand that the earlier we start saving money, the better. But that doesn't mean that, that a 25-year-old who has a good income is ready to start making those kinds of decisions, right? Sometimes maybe it's life experiences or whatever it might be. In order for people to be ready to do financial planning, they have to be in the right frame of mind to want to do financial planning, right? So you need to be ready to make those kinds yeah, of decisions. Yeah, absolutely. You need to be ready to make those kinds of decisions, and you need to make it with somebody who gets it and who gets your life stage. And I think that's one of the cool things I love about the folks that I serve and I believe one of the reasons they love working with me is because they know that I can resonate with them and, and the life that they're, they're living, right? If you, you know, high earners in a high cost of living area, um, you know, New York, uh, San Francisco, any other sort of high cost of living city, there are things that you want to do to enjoy life, right? And there are things that you have to do because you just, that's what you need to do based on where you live. Like, you know, when I'm working with clients, I understand like housing is a big cost for them, right? If you're, especially for the 
that sit in who live in high cost of living cities, rent is a huge aspect or their mortgage if they own is a huge aspect of their of their cash flow. And so that's something that we focus on to really figure out, well, how do we um, get you living in a place where you're comfortable, but also making sure that you're not over consuming housing so that we can free up funds to help you accelerate some of the other goals that they might have. Um, also, you know, as a parent, you will know this, um, childcare is so expensive. And um, that's also another thing as well for a lot of people who, you know, do a career couples, um, you don't have a choice but to pay somebody to or, or you know, a, an establishment to provide you childcare services so that you can work and earn. And for a lot of people, it's, it's a second mortgage payment. <laughs> it feels like a second mortgage right. or rent payment. And if you have more than one child, it might even cost more than how much you spend in housing. So what I like to do is I like to come in early and help my clients sort of um, make the right decision from the beginning, right? I don't know if you're familiar with the whole, um, um, you know, putting in your big rocks first. Right. Mm, right. Um, and then before you add all other things, because if you if you fill the jar with, you know, the sand and the water, you might not be able to get the big rocks in. Right. So it's really understanding like, OK, how do we even for people who maybe don't have children yet or don't have this other expense that I know they will have when they come to me early, I help them figure out, OK, these are the these are the big rocks that most people have and I think you will have as well I know you don't have it right now but let's make sure that like you don't overbuy a home let's make sure that you don't you know overextend yourself in these areas because I know in two years like you will need an extra two thousand dollars a month to pay for child care so if you buy this house you're not going to be able to afford that right so it's like how do we um you know as I when I work with people I'm, I'm really helping them look ahead and really thinking about you will reach these milestones and I want you to be prepared when you get there. So um, if we're, you know, looking, if we're um, working in the present, we need to really think about that in a way that a lot of people don't. And that's where I come in and that's kind of how I love um, being able to sort of use the insights that I've gained in my own life, but also in working with clients at different life stages to help people and help them make decisions that will, um, you know, help them and not hinder them so much value in being able to come in before people make those i'm just going to call them mistakes in buying way too much house or too much apartment or buying too expensive a car because those are those are the big rocks that 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 will really preclude you from from doing everything else that maybe you want so and a lot of the time, that's got to be a little easier said than done, right? Because I intellectually understand that I should not buy and drive a fancy car, but everything that I see around me on Instagram and social media tells me that that's something that I want. So is it just a matter of having those frank conversations with people? Like, Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a lot of having the frank conversations with people. It's a lot of coaching. It's a lot of behavioral stuff. And really helping people unpack some of the learnings and um, the external influences, right? Um, because, I mean, you know, there's a lot of money spent on marketing in this country to 
get us to desire the things that, you know, advertisers put out there, not to say that it's all bad, right? And, and, and I'm also not of the school of thought that you can't have nice things and you can't spend on luxuries. I think that um, it's okay to um, spend on things that make you feel good and make you happy and make you feel rewarded for the hard work and the efforts that you're doing. It's all a matter of right sizing those luxuries to your financial situation and your financial standing, right? For example, you know, we see celebrities and people who are really wealthy and famous and we see them, oh, that person bought a $200,000 car. That looks amazing. It's so, you know, it's nice. Um, but when you really think about it, if you, if you think about that person's wealth, like that $200,000 car may be just the interest that they earned on their, you know, on their investments uh, right. that month, right? It may it's it's a small fraction of their overall wealth, and it's okay for them because it's not really putting a dent in their in their wealth. It's not really hindering them from accomplishing other goals. So, if you are somebody who who doesn't have the same type of means, does it make sense for you to go spend two hundred thousand dollars on buying a fancy luxury car? No, because it's for you, you know that you will be putting your finances in jeopardy, right? Um, but by doing that, but you might have some other luxury that might be okay for someone in your means. Let's say, you know, you want to go on vacation and it's going to cost, you know, $3,000 to go on vacation. If it's a small fraction of what you earn and, and, and what you have, then it's totally okay. Like it's not about, um, it's not about, you know, um, austerity to the point where you're not enjoying life and you're miserable. Um, I think that that's no fun. And also, too, taking advantage of your youth, right? Like, it's not about saving it all so that you, until some magical time when you're old and retired, but then you don't have the energy to go on that long walk or that hike because, you know, you're not, you're, your your knees when you're in your 60s doesn't work quite as well as if you had gone on that trip and climbed that mountain when you were young. So it's really all about balance and being smart and making the right strategic choices that enable you to, you know, smooth out your consumption so that you aren't putting yourself at risk, but you're also um, able to enjoy life as well. I love it. I think that that's really well said. And yeah, I, I, I agree. I don't think it's right or, or probably very productive or successful to try to get somebody to take a vow of poverty. So, so I appreciate that. Well, Kaya, Savage Nation is ready for your difference-making tip. What do you have for them? Your most valuable asset is your earning potential. You need to be willing to invest in yourself so that you can unlock that potential and use the success from your earnings to build wealth. Most people who, are, who will build, build wealth do it from their superpowers, right? That the gift and the skills that you have to share with the world and the amount of money that you get paid nicely for it. So whatever you're able to invest in yourself and earn, it is that money that you will then use to seed other investments and other things that will help you accumulate the wealth that um, will have a lasting impact on your life. Well, I think that is great stuff. That definitely gets it. Come on. Come on. And Kaya, thank you so much for coming on. Where can Savage Nation learn more about you? Certainly. So I'm, I'm so glad I was able to come on. 
for listeners who want to engage um, in having a consultation with me, you can find me at earnintowealth.com or you can find me on Instagram at Kaya Latijobi, just one word together. Um, and yes, it's been such a delight to come on board and um, share some of my learnings with you and your audience. Excellent. Well, Savage Nation, if you enjoyed this as much as I did, show Kai your appreciation and share today's show with a friend who also appreciates good ideas, go to earnintowealth.com and follow her on Instagram as well. And I'll list all of those in the notes of the show. Thanks again, Kaya. Thank you. And until next time, keep fighting the good fight because we are all in this together. Before I go, quick announcement. I've been asked by so many people over the past couple of years about how do I start a podcast that I've developed and released a course that will teach you exactly how to do that step-by-step from figuring out the kind of show that you want to have to understanding how all the technology works behind it and then how to get great guests and uh, keep the thing moving and how to grow it. So if you're interested in that, check it out. You can go to georgegrombacher.com forward slash podcast course and you'll find it there. You can just go to the website. I'll also list that in the notes of the show. What's up, Savage Nation? Please support the show by subscribing, leave us a review, and definitely feel free to share us with somebody you think would like it. Come on!